This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Uh, we're, we're still on the, the foundational stuff of faith. I'm going to begin in, in the book of Philemon or Philemon. That you'll go to after 2 Timothy. Titus is in there, then Philemon, and then um, Hebrews. So it's, it's just one little page, really. And again, it's Philemon, one chapter. We're going to go there, and then we'll go to Romans chapter 8. And as, as you're turning there, I, I just want to review where, where we're at in this just from a couple weeks ago. And you'll see here when we get back to this that this is uh, one of the main texts a few weeks ago. And uh, listen to the iPod, the podcast on that, and it'll help you. Philemon, verse 6. That the sharing of your faith may become effective. That the sharing of my faith may become effective. Now, the, the word, the Greek word for effective there means energized. So he's telling me right here and he says that the sharing of your faith may become energized. How? By the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So you want to energize your faith. Begin to acknowledge all the good things that are in you in Christ Jesus. I begin to speak that out of my mouth. And you find out that your words are very important to God. But if I'll get a hold of, begin to confess the good things that are in me in Christ Jesus. My faith will be energized. You know, this this little analogy may help you here. As uh, an energy drink... Or caffeine, coffee, or tea is to the physical body. The confessing of the word of God is the same way to my spirit, man. How many of you got problems going without coffee in the mornings? I'll admit it. I, I like coffee and there's times I have to fast just to get away from it. But again, we, we begin to understand that. I don't ever mess with energy drinks. But many of you do to get you going in the day. Well, part of our spirit man craves the word of God. Something begins to happen when I speak the things of of the word of God out of my mouth. Now, go with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and we'll begin to dig in and get a little bit more. And the thing is about every one of us in this room, all day long we're, we're acknowledging something. Someone... I mean, sometimes we magnify our problems, our situations, but get in the habit of acknowledging the good things that are in you in Christ Jesus. And um, Mark eleven twenty two, it says, have the God kind of faith or the, the faith of God. And he said in Mark eleven twenty three, whosoever will say unto the mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea and not doubt in his heart, but believe those things he saith, he'll have whatever he says. And whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. And so the, the God kind of faith right there, and those were Jesus' words, as Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, was talking out of my mouth, speaking out of my mouth, and believing in my heart. If you'll note in, in verse 24, he says, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Many times we ask in things, But we really don't believe that we're going to receive them. We hope we're going to receive them. How many of you have ever done that? I've done that before where I've prayed and I thought, oh my gosh, I hope this works. 
Well, we got to get to a place in our heart where not only do we speak that and we pray those things, but I get where I believe it in my heart. That comes by repetition in the Word of God. The more the Word of God you get in you, the more you'll believe. You, you feed your faith and you starve your doubts. This passage is about the Apostle Paul. So we begin in Mark 8, verse number 35. He asks this question, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or troubles, distress or calamity, persecutions, famines which is hungered, nakedness or homelessness, perils or dangers, or sword or death? Now remember, he asked the question, Can these separate me from Christ? And this is what he's, he's leading us to, to see the things that we can do to keep these things from separating us from the things of God. Verse 36, he goes on to say this. As it is written, he uses the word of God. Actually, the apostle Paul here quotes Psalm 44, 22, And he says, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We're put to death. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Now, what he does here is he consoles us with the truth that even death won't keep you down, okay? Even death can't end you or separate you. But he really jumps into something incredible in verse 37. He says, yet in all these things, the things he was talking about was back in verse 35. He says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, when you look at this, the Apostle Paul didn't deny or he, he didn't ignore these issues, but he literally acknowledged the good things that were in him in Christ Jesus. So he's warning me of all the things that can try to separate us in verse 35, but he says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So right there... The Apostle Paul teaches us one way we acknowledge Christ Jesus. If I'm a, a more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, then what would happen if I begin to speak that? What would begin to happen if I got in agreement in that? And when life comes at me, any forms of tribulations, troubles, calamity, I begin to say, no, Lord, you said that I'm more than a conqueror in all these things. And I begin to believe those things and I begin to act on those things. And, and I believe the more I say these things, the more the Word of God comes alive to me. Isaiah chapter 55. Go to Isaiah 55. Now we're going to dig in just a little more to keep laying a little bit of a foundation here. As you're turning to Isaiah 55, in, in John 1, 1 it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And so when we talk about the Word of God, it's the ultimate expression of God. This, this book right here called the Bible is one of the ways God communicates with us. That the Word of God will come alive. Now, the thing about this book here, it's been around for a long, 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 long time. And it's going to be around until Jesus comes back and even past that. That's the good thing about it. It's never going to change. You can hold fast to that. Isaiah 55, verse 10. For as the rain comes down... And the snow from heaven. And they do not return there. The rain and the snow doesn't go back there. 
But the rain and the snow water the earth. And because they water the earth and make it bring forth and it buds, that it may give seed to the sower. Now, God's promises and His plans right here in the Word of God are a sure fulfillment just as the rain and the snow comes down. And right here when he talks about that it gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater, Jesus himself described the Word of God as seed. I like to call the Word of God potential. Within the Word of God is potential. And so... When we talk about the Word of God as seed, I've got to get that in me. I've got to get the Word of God in me over and over. Now, when that begins to happen, watch this truth in verse 11. So shall my Word be that goes forth from my mouth. The Word of God shall not return to me void or empty. He's telling me right here that his promises will never be barren. And it shall not return void or empty, but it the word shall accomplish what I please, and it the word shall prosper in the very thing which I sent it. So when I read this here, the power of the word of God will always fulfill the promise of the word of God. And if you note back there at verse 11, the start, he said, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. So you can go to the bank on the word of God. You can live by the word of God. You begin to speak it out of your mouth and understand that is one of the ways we release faith. Actually, I believe through the scriptures we read, the, the, the primary or the predominant way that we release faith in our mouth is we speak it out of our mouths. So we've got to get in the habit of speak the word. Speak the word. Find situations that apply to your life and then begin to speak the word of God. Find those words. Find scriptures that says, this is what I'm going through in life. And then again, that is Mark eleven twenty three. I begin to speak to the mountain. So I say the things that God says about the situations in my life. Uh, Go to Matthew 4, and I want to use Jesus here as an illustration. Matthew chapter 4, and just another verse that I believe is important in Psalms 119.89. He says, the word of God is forever settled in heaven. The word of God will forever stand firm. God doesn't change. His word doesn't change. I'm going to begin here in, in Matthew 4, verse 1. Watch what we can learn from the Lord Jesus tonight. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights after it, he was hungry. And when the tempter, the devil, came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread. But Jesus answered and said... Jesus answered and said, who was he talking to here? Right, the tempter was the devil. So the devil throws this scripture out to Jesus, and the Bible clearly says, 
And Jesus answered the devil. He spoke to the devil and he said, it is written. Remember back in in Romans 8 verse 36, the apostle Paul said, it is written. When we begin to look at the Lord Jesus and the great men and women of the Bible, it's interesting to me when they start saying, it is written. The reason I believe they were so great, and you take Jesus out of the question, Jesus is incredible, but the men of the, the Bible is because they understood the word of God. So Jesus says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So Jesus right here literally quotes Deuteronomy 8.3, back to the devil. So to me, you know what Jesus just, just taught me and you to do? That it's, a, it's a, a spiritual battle or a spiritual warfare. The way we tell the devil, get away, is you begin to speak the word to him. You start saying what the, the Bible says. Same chapter. Verse 7. And again, the devil mouthed off to him. And Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. He quotes Deuteronomy 6.16 to him. The third time is in verse 10. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So, again, the Lord said there in Isaiah 55, 11, He said that, that I say, the word that goes out of my mouth shall not return void. Right here we begin to look at our Lord and Savior Jesus, and when things in life, the temptations begin to come at Him, He spoke the Word of God to him. The significance of what Jesus just taught me, that we must, must, must learn to speak the Word of God. Again, I'll just go there. Turn with me to Ephesians 6. I know I'm taking you all over the place. Ephesians chapter 6. Now, the reason I'm having you go there is because this is where Matthew 4.4 is is cross-referenced. Matthew 4.4 will take you into Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse number 10. So we pick up here in Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, and that word finally there, it literally means in the rest of your life, and as life's challenges are concerned. You might as well get ready. The rest of your life, this is what's going to happen. I remember years ago, there was a man in a line, and he asked Kenneth Hagin, he said, Would you pray for me that the devil would leave me alone? And Brother Hagin looked at him and said, Yeah, I'll pray you die and go home and be a Jesus tonight. And the guy said, No, 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 I don't want to die. He said, I just want you to pray and tell the devil to leave me alone. And he said, Listen, buddy, as long as you're on the earth, you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to war in the spirit realm. So this is what he's fixing to teach me and you through the Apostle Paul. He says, Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the tricks of the devil. Now, note in verse 11 who he said was going to have to stand. He said you. He's talking to me and you as believers. He said you're going to have to stand. And he he lists against the devil, against the, the wiles, the ambushes, the strategies of the devil. So oftentimes, the same way that the devil attacked Jesus 
is he begins to get us to question things in our mind. That's one of the ways he's going to come after us. It's the same way. So he goes on to say this. For we, as human beings, even though we're in the flesh, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you again, that you, you may want to highlight that, that you may be able to withstand, the word withstand is a verb that means to vigorously oppose, to bravely resist. It tells us here that with the authority and spiritual weapons granted to us, we can withstand the evil forces. So he says that you may be able to withstand an evil day and having done all to stand. You stand. You stand on the word of God. You stand on the name of Jesus. Now, I'm not going to go through the, the armor. I encourage you to go through those and look. But I want you to jump to verse number 17. Because this is where it's really cross-referenced to, Matthew 4, 4. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Do a little Zorro, okay? So when I begin to speak the word of God out of my mouth it is like a sword the word right here for word is the same Greek word for written in verses 4 7 and 10 of Matthew 4 the Greek word for both of these is the rhema to define the Greek word rhema it's the spoken word For the word of God to come alive in our lives, we've got to speak the word. When the devil starts trying to harass you, you find scriptures and speak the word out of your mouth. Now, when I look at this right here, when when we talk about fighting here, the picture here isn't for me to take my Bible and throw it at the devil. That ain't going to do no good. The picture here again is speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. You've got to find scriptures. Actually there in verse number 17. Where it says the sword of the spirit. That is cross referenced into Isaiah 49.2. Listen to what that said. It said. He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. So whether you realize this or not. Maybe this will help you. Your mouth is a weapon against the enemy. But I've got to learn to speak the word. And I speak the word. And I speak the word. And again, I I find the scriptures to fit that occasion. Now that's a great thing to do, okay? But i got to warn you of one more thing. That when you begin to speak the word of God and you begin to live by the word of God. And I'm going to show you this and this is what we'll end with tonight. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And I'll begin in verse 13. This is called the parable of the sower. And this is the explanation of it. This is Jesus talking and he said to them. Do you not understand this parable? 
How then will you understand all the parables? So you know what Jesus is telling me and you right here? You got to get this one. This is the granddaddy of them all right here. If you don't get this one, you won't get any of them. Now, if Jesus says this right here, how then will you understand all the parables? I probably ought to do some studying and digging in that and finding out really, really, really what he's talking. So he goes on to say in verse 14, the sower sows the word. The farmer plants the word. Me and you are farmers with the word of God. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones sown by the wayside where the, the word is sown when they hear. What did he just tell me and you right there? He tells me how the word of God is sown. Listen to it again. He said, when we hear, there's the ones on by the wayside where the word is sown when they hear. So the way I begin to sow the word of God in my life, I've got to start hearing the word on a daily basis. But look real closely what takes place after that. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and he takes away their lunch money. That's not what it says. He comes immediately and takes away their TV. He comes immediately and he takes away the word that was sown in their heart. This tells me again, the word of God is a big deal. If he doesn't want you getting the word of God, he goes to great, immediately, 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 he comes after us and says, I don't want him to get the word in him, because what happens that any time a seed gets in somewhere and the seed stays in the ground, that seed will begin to take root. And when the seed of word of God begins to take root, and me and you begin to believe the word of God. And we begin to speak it out of our mouth. He knows he's in trouble. So he's going to go to great extremes and great lengths. To keep you from getting the word of God. He does not want you doing that. He'll fight you. Verse 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word. And accept it. Now that's, that's a, a huge, huge nugget right there. They accept the word of God. How do I accept it? I receive it. I welcome it. But man, one of the best translations I've found is they embrace it. We embrace the word of God. We grab a hold of the word of God like a bulldog does. And I say, I'm not going to let go. I embrace the word of God. And ultimately, because we hear the word of God, we accept and embrace it, we bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. So the ultimate goal, again, is not only to hear the word of God, but you begin to accept it, you embrace it, you begin to speak it. And one of the greatest things that each one of us can learn to do on a daily basis is learn to have daily confessions, or you can call them affirmations. Where on a daily basis, I begin to speak certain things over my life, over my home, over my marriage, over my children. And I encourage you to begin to build some form of a library by doing that. 
It may start out with three, four, five things. And you may have to get where you write them down on a three by five card. And you look at those cards and you read them. But when you do them on a daily basis, before long, that'll start getting on the inside of you. And it will begin to roll out of you. And before long, your library of confessions or affirmations will grow from three, four, five to ten or fifteen. Ultimately, it'll keep going to forty or fifty. I don't say this to brag on me, okay? I've seen what the Word of God has done in my life. I am a walking miracle because of the Word of God. If the affirmations I do at least four days a week, they take me about 45 minutes. But I'm up to about 150 of them. I don't look at cards. It, it will just roll out of me. It will just begin to jump out of me. And I will say stuff like this, Father God, I I honor the Trinity. I honor you, Father God, as my creator. You're the creator, I'm the creation. You're the potter, I'm the clay. I honor you today. I honor your son, the Lord and Savior, Jesus of my life. And Jesus, I thank you because of what you did for me on the cross. That I am justified. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. That I'm sanctified, I've been set apart. That, That I am holy. That I am the redeemed of the Lord, according to Psalms 107. The the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So I begin to say it. I speak divine life. I speak divine health. I speak divine blessings over me. I speak John 10.10 over me. That he came to give me life and that more. But I will get into my body. I lay hands on my body every day. I tell my mind, you think clearly. Your mind, your will, and your emotions are sound. Your heart beats right. I, I, I can get into details. Over and over and over and over and over. And then I jump into the blessings. And all the blessings that I speak have scriptures to them. I thank you, Father God, today that you've blessed me indeed. You've enlarged my territory. Your hand is upon me. You keep from me from evil and I cause no pain. Psalm 65, you said you crown my year with your goodness. My past drip with your abundance. Today I'm loaded with your benefits. Uh, or Genesis 12, he said he's blessed me. He's multiplied me. He's made my name great. He's blessed me to be a blessing. All I'm doing is repeating what the Word of God says. And I speak that over me. And then I jump onto my wife and I begin to lay hands on her like she's there. She's a Proverbs 31 woman. She's a virtuous woman. I rise up and call her best. Then I get over to my kids. Then I get over to my grandkids. I pray blessings over my mom and dad. I pray blessings over my siblings. I pray salvation over nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, cousins, in-laws, outlaws, all the above. And then I jump into the church. And that's you guys. When you fill out those prayer cards, I see them. And you put on there, Pastor, pray. This is going on. I speak. I speak. I thank you, Father God. The favor of God is on Tommy. Tommy. um, The favor of God is upon him for a church. Or for a job. The blessings of God are upon him. You said in Psalm 512, you bless your righteous and your favor surrounds him like a, a shield. I speak that over him. When you put that stuff down. And so again, I, I walk, I walk, I walk, I walk. When I come in here and pray, I'm surprised there's not a trail in here. Some of you say, why do you never gain weight? I move, man. I'm getting laps. Praying and speaking the word of God. So I discipline my life to get the word in me. And what I found out about again, that the sharing of my faith becomes effective when I speak it out of my mouth. I encourage you to do it. God's no respecter of persons. And so again, 
Start with just a few. Start with things, but make it a daily habit. Well, pastor, I don't have time. Well, you got 30 minutes to watch MASH. That's why it's important you take those cards with you. And when you pull up at the traffic light, and if you're like me, you're real impatient, pull those cards out and begin. To, and I got a quick quote in that. I'm not going to say that about me. I'm very patient. <laughs> pull out that card at that traffic light and say, Whoa, Father God, you said in Ephesians 5 that my marriage is to be full of love and respect. Whoa, I thank you today, Lord. I love Shelly like Christ loves the church. And she respects me and she honors me. And that's a confession of faith there, too. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.